Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. This one live from my hotel bathroom, which sounds like the beginning of a Hunter Biden story, but is not. Oh. Oh, we'll talk about him more later. We are your morning show for any hour. I am here with my co-host, Vic Mattis of the Washington Free Beacon. Vic, how are things going? Well, I'm not in a bathroom, so there's that. Also, I was going to say, it was, it's very Andrew Gillum of you. Is it Gillen? Gillum? Gillen wasn't that? They found him somewhere, oh, a hotel in the bathroom or something. It was, Look, okay. It was... This is, first of all, this is a nice <laughs> hotel with a nice bathroom. Uh, okay, yeah. Second well, that of all, one was I am still... a responsible mother whose oh, baby is sleeping okay. out there, and I'm just yeah. trying not to bother. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, uh, I have a lot of questions for you, So, be, but before we get to that, let me just say I'm doing fine, and I forgot to mention that last weekend I saw a stage production of The Wizard of Oz, which I have never oh. seen on stage, only the TV, the movie, the TV show. It's always on TV, so I hadn't seen the theater. So the movie, because my daughter was in it, so it was a middle school production. It was great. And what's interesting is she played a jitterbug. And I said, I don't remember a jitterbug from the movie. And I'm like, did they just add it in to get everybody, everyone involved some way, somehow? And the answer is no. There was a jitterbug scene, as it turns out, in The Wizard of Oz that was later deleted. Oh. And they scrapped it. So, and it's a very, it's like they're in the forest and the Wicked Witch says, I have an insect that will wear them down or something to that effect. And this is what she was referring to. And it's like the red shoes. It's like where the whole point of the jitterbug somehow magically gets them the entire team of Dorothy, the scarecrow, the tin man, and the lion to all uncontrollably dance ah. So and get tired from dancing, right? It's like a red shoe. So that was the whole thing. And it's a very jazzy number. It's something almost like- As a, a jitterbug would. As a jitterbug was. Thing, yeah. So this is interesting because it's like 1939. So we're thinking about, you know, it's like, it's like 42nd Street style. So it was great. And then while I was telling, talking to my daughter about it, she loved it. She had a great time. You know, performances from Thursday to Saturday. They get a special bow for her little unit, her little team of jitterbugs. And while we were talking about it, I asked her if she knew about the notorious scene in The Wizard of Oz of the munchkin who hanged himself. Oh, yeah. So is, this a, is this a real thing? Or is <laughs> this talk, a, I, can't remember, I can't remember if we talked about it. So I built it up with them making them think it was real before I told them it's actually just an urban legend. What? Okay. You were they, misinforming them is what you I was misinforming them. Yeah. I was intentionally just to get the excitement and the drama going and then and then tell them actually it wasn't. It was it was like a crane in the background. But on YouTube, they have the different versions because you know the studio had doctored after to try to cover up the the mess behind them. And it's when they're following the yellow brick road, they're leaving the forest. And it's in the background. And I'm telling you, it's still weird. <laughs> and if you go to, if you go to like one of the, any of the YouTube videos, the comments are great because okay. people have fully bought it, including commenters that talk about the maltreatment of the munchkins Oh, as in the actors. So it was like, oh, you know, like it was a, it was a very unhappy munchkin who did this. It's, it's something we should, else. We should just become a Hollywood urban legends. <laughs> podcast oh it's, i got stories endless oh i'm sure you do we so misinform everybody that is that is it for me what is going on with you where are you what's happening okay so i'm in pennsylvania i'm on my my odyssey this is this is one of those things i think i had a sort of a maternity leave and then 
you're excited to get back to work, so you accept a bunch of things, and then ah, I, being me, didn't realize well, that they were all the same week. <laughs> so it's okay. It's good. It's good. Anybody can make it happen on the fly. It's you. Yes. So it's it's going well. I'm at the Travis Manion Foundation oh, good. Uh, board meeting where I spoke this morning, and I should say to everybody, if you haven't ever joined us for anything, you should check out Travis Manion, M-A-N-I-O-N.org, and hit Join the Mission. And you will find chapters and activities near you that you can do fun stuff with us and you'll never get rid of us, but you'll never be sad about it. Okay. I was thinking about the 29 squats. I'm like, there's no way. Oh, I did that again I this know. morning. Oh. <laughs> Put me to shame. I did, I did my last set holding the baby because he was crying. Oh, I had him in a stroller. So I walked the 400 meters oh, of, of running mistakes. and then I used him as my 15 pound weight. So the last set oh. i'm gonna pay for it i'm gonna pay for yeah it. but you're like superhuman now okay. i should note also that i was involved with a production of not the wizard of oz oh, uh, yeah but the wiz because oh. the demographics okay. hold of- on now wait a minute okay yes before <laughs> we get to this i actually had it here on my little script mary Catherine, were you in theater and i was not expecting to hear the wiz Okay, so I I was not really a theater person. I didn't realize that I liked to speak publicly or perform in any way until I was in college. So, and I wish I had figured it out earlier. I, I was the drum major. That was my big, you know, but then you just see the back of me. That's not really. <laughs> so, but I, I was involved with, I, I had like a sort of a, a backstage role in The Wiz. But the demographics of Durham Public Schools in the yeah. 80s were such that we did The Wiz, not, not The, the Wiz Wizard of Oz. of Oz. And I got to yeah. say, the music's amazing, as you know. Ease on down Ease on the down road. the road. It That's was amazing. Funny. It was a good production. I was just a, an elementary school kid at the time. And so I was sort of just getting my feet wet. A couple of my friends were munchkins. And, <laughs> and so that well, was, so a, that what was were a good you, what, So what were you in The Wiz? I just was working backstage. I oh, was backstage, you were stagehand. You so were stagehand. Yeah, actually, the yeah. two plays that I was in as a child or involved with was one, The Wiz, which was a high school production that we were helping with. Uh, and a couple of friends were, were munchkins because yeah. obviously they're oh, short. The Wiz is great too. And the second was this. <laughs> I, went to, I went to woke schools before woke schools were a thing. The second was this incredibly bizarre, esoteric play that a local playwright had written. And the idea was good. It was about the integration of my elementary school and the, which had been the previously the white elementary school and oh. Walltown, which was the black school in the neighborhood. It was about the integration of these two schools over and like how that evolved over several decades uh-huh. of American history. But it was really too much for elementary school students. It was basically a dissertation on yeah. race relations and, and, and the not 20th enough, century. Not, not enough singing and dancing. It was, it was a lot. And it sounds very heavy. And I remember snippets of it because there was like a scene from each decade. And again, the idea is nice because we're in, we're a school of black and white children going to school together now in this in this school yeah. that had to be integrated and went through this battle and the community went through this thing. It's a neat idea. Very high level stuff. And I'm not sure it was accomplished in quite the way that one would have hoped. I played a, there were like representatives of each decade 
on stage and I was the 60s chick. And, and I still remember my one line. Yeah, which is? My one line was, Mrs. So-and-so, far out. She was my teacher too. That was my line. Oh, okay. So you were you were one of the, you were a good 60s. Yeah, I, well, I was not a revolutionary. You're, okay, you were, yeah, yeah, no, and and nor were you like I was not SDS. Yeah, no, but but nor were you the one of the white students at Little Rock in the no, no, photo, no, you no. know, yelling. And at I, the side. honestly, I can't remember if they had us portray it that way. I'm sh- I'm sure they did. It was much too adult for us. And, That's and the the name of it because I went to George Watts and this was Walltown and they integrated. It was called Watts a Wall. We don't know why. It was just like a portmanteau of the two names. Like, what was happening? Wow. This is something straight out of Waiting for Guffman. This is... there, there, is a, there is a screenplay in that right. ridiculous right. endeavor with right. a bunch of... A I mean, theater, I the theater critic from the Charlotte Observer is going to be here. You know? <laughs> I wonder if there's tape of that somewhere. I bet my family has some video of that. Oh, yeah, a VHS. They yeah. might have a VHS of it. Yeah, okay. My dad had it oh. on his shoulder, you know, the whole video Good. camera on yes, his shoulder. Yes, yes, it's like a bazooka. <laughs> okay, so there was that. That's my, oh. that's my, and I directed Wonderful. Cinderella in first grade. You so. directed Cinderella? I did. Oh, I my did. goodness. Okay, so those are my endeavors in, in on, <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> so I'm here. I did another manual. I spoke this morning. I... I got it. You know, here's the thing. You always, yes. you always regret it when you come prepared, Vic. <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I was responsible. I was responsible and I booked a babysitter. And it turns out there's 150 people at this event who just want to hold my baby. And I didn't have to pay any money for anything, but I did. Had you known. I, had I known. So, however... Never lose faith in my ability to not be prepared because I have zero clothing for this baby. I have five outfits for myself and I didn't pack anything for him. You do have diapers. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's because that's Steve's job. <laughs> as, long as, as long as he's got a fresh change of diapers. You know what? I picked up, there's a lot of Travis Manion swag here, but nothing for babies. But I picked up an onesie. extra small yeah. kid's t-shirt and I'm going to tie it off and turn it into a little wow. onesie for him. I <laughs> It's going to be you, good. You just forgot to pack clothes? So here's the thing. Yes. Okay. And <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> let me just be direct about yeah. that part. Yes. And there's usually a onesie in the diaper bag. However, okay. Steve is a very like minimalist person. So I'm sure that the onesie got taken out at some point or I oh, used wow. it and didn't replace it. And he just does the diapers and the formula and he does them very well but i assumed something would be in that bag once i realized my mistake and there was <laughs> and this is also an argument for keeping your car dirty because now that i'm married to steve my car is not as dirty as it used to be and i would have had several onesies on the floor of my car in the past and i have none, none yeah you could you you would have had an extra onesie and like a couple <laughs> french fries yes yeah, yes how, food how... for the baby as well thank you for pointing that out Vic. <laughs> remnants right. of a happy meal okay so I'm I'm doing fine. Okay. Let's, Shall we do the news? Let's do it. All right. We got a lot of Biden news. And I did oh. I don't just mean that he's the president. There's a there's a lot of legal legal discussions. Biden, surrounding Biden family. Surrounding the Biden family. Okay. So let's begin with the subpoena. 
that the Oversight Committee issued yesterday to the FBI. So this is Jamie Comer, who runs the Oversight Committee, Chuck Grassley along with him. They revealed yesterday, this is from their release, the existence of an FBI record alleging then-Vice President Biden engaged in a bribery scheme with a foreign national. This is from a whistleblower. We haven't seen this, right? This is the whistleblower saying he has it, and the Oversight Committee has enough confidence in this whistleblower's information to say, hey, we're based, they're subpoenaing them, but it's like sending a FOIA. We want these kinds of documents with the Biden name in them sent to us by May 10th so that we can understand exactly what happened here. So according to a whistleblower, this record details an alleged arrangement involving an exchange of money for policy decisions. So that's as a bit of a bombshell, but I also want to be careful because we haven't seen this document. You know, they haven't seen this document, so we don't know exactly what's there. So presumably we might find out something in the next week about this. But I would like to be circumspect. Yes, we don't. In fact, we don't know who the whistleblower is. At some point, will we know who the whistleblower is, do you think? I don't know. Has he been granted? I'm just saying it's a he. It could be a she. Been granted protection? I believe that that's part of the process here. Because I was reading about that last week. uh, To get guarantees, you know, that uh, much like, you know, witness protection. Right. So that somebody comes out, you know. at the, at the very least, whoever this person is will be milkshake ducked, which is the term for the internet ruining your reputation once oh. you've hit the limelight and, or, or at, you know, at the worst, you know, stopped right. or something. Right, right. And then my other big concern, of course, is, is there, how much stalling do you think is going to happen with the authorities, with the FBI regarding these documents? And could there be more than just stalling? You know, does this give uh, them time to do things? And I, I don't want to, you know, put the tinfoil hat on here yeah. and talk about, you know, conspiracy uh, or, you know, what do you call it? Not fourth estate. What am I saying here? Deep state. Deep state. Yeah. We're the fourth estate. Deep I, state, you know, where it's like, oh, okay, well, here we have and Oh, it's nothing. I mean, the, so the truth is that I have concerns because mm-hmm. it seems clear to me that the institutional bias is yeah. toward investigating those who might uh, commit the sin of Trumpism. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Quite energetically and to not exert so much energy other places. Now, do I think that expands to, we're not going to give you the information? I don't know. I'm going to give them till May 10th and try, try to give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I mean, the timing is going to be very crucial here, especially since he's already announced that he's running for reelection. Right. So yeah, I'm willing to wait till May 10th and hope that we see something. Obviously, as with the last president, I do not hope that the president is involved in anything, any such thing. Right. But I would like yeah. to have information on it. And so that's the FBI's. And I don't know. Job. At this point, we, after seeing everything with that's coming out of, you know, his son, Hunter Biden and the laptop and everything else, we wouldn't necessarily be surprised. No, I mean, every step of the way it's been aside from, I should note, and I had forgotten about this. I, I reread a Politico story from 2019. Now, this is when other Democrats could benefit from a hit on Biden. So yeah. they were willing to report such things. And I read a piece called Biden Inc., which ran through all of the things that at the very least give us the appearance of impropriety yeah. and possible conflicts of interest with foreign governments involved and the money that specifically 
Joe Biden's brother, Jimmy yeah. and Hunter were getting together for all for all their uh, all their business ventures as their fortunes soared high yeah. as the vice president moved up the chain and then became the president as well. So there has been reporting on this by, you know, yeah. mainstream outlets as well. And then as soon as it became a problem for the Democratic nominee with the Hunter Biden laptop, we got the story that none of this matters. None of this is real. And it's like, well, OK, if we cared and I did that the Trump kids didn't give up various business interests while they were close to the White House, then we should probably care about this, too. Or do we think that Hunter Biden was hired by all these foreign entities because of his expertise, which doesn't seem to exist? And do we think that people are buying his paintings because they're amazing? Because I don't yes. I don't think those things are true. That's right. China and Russia, you know, because he's, he's, he's such an expert. No, I mean, you know what would be refreshing if Biden, whenever he decides in the future to actually have an interview or right. do a, a town hall or a press conference or whatever and say, you know what, you know, of course he's going to cash out, cash in on my name. You know, but what's the whole point of doing this? He's, a, he's the smartest guy I know. Yeah. I mean, this is what we're supposed to do. I mean, why, why do you think I do this? You know, it's because, you know, uh, th you know then, I you would know, not put him past it. Just I yeah. wouldn't put it past him just to say it. And the thing is, what's weird is, I mean, because you have a lot of people who do these short stints in government and then they cash out and they work for some lobbying group, you know, even if it's like TikTok or wherever. And the whole point, you know, and serving on a board is right. that you're going to make money off of your experience and your connections on the Hill. And Biden never went back out. He, well, with the brief, you know, briefly after 2016, and we know how that went with him at the Biden Institute through the University of Pennsylvania. Which was also uh, taken in a bunch of foreign cash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot. <laughs> From China gave them a lot of money. NBD, uh, guys. Yeah, yeah. But he's like, but everyone else might as well take advantage of it. Frank, Jim, Hunter, you know. Right. But it is a very serious allegation because they're now taught the scheming with a foreign national. I'm curious what foreign national that is, yeah. and we're going to find out soon. And not out. only that, while we're waiting for this to happen, there's also the other investigation into Hunter Biden as well for taxes, right? Yes. In Delaware. So, and that's that one that's is supposed to maybe be near a prosecutorial decision. Yeah. And that is the one that's taking place in Delaware. Federal prosecutors are getting close to deciding whether to criminally charge Hunter Biden, the son of President Joe Biden, after a years-long investigation. A new report said, this is CNBC reporting this, prosecutors are known to be weighing whether to charge Hunter Biden with tax crimes, as well as another charge related to an allegedly false statement he made when buying a gun in 2018. I know they have to say allegedly, but I think we have a lot of evidence on the gun part that would yeah. for certain get me, someone like me in trouble. <laughs> And should probably get someone like yeah. the president's son in trouble. And he, I think he believed he stashed that gun in a in a random dumpster somewhere. You know, just That's good right. gun safety. By the way, I wanted to read this paragraph real quick from the 2019 Politico piece just to see how the, <laughs> the mainstream press has changed their tune on this. These entanglements could pose problems for Democrats as they seek to draw a contrast with President Donald oh. Trump, who they accuse of corruption for mixing politics with his own family's business ventures. Yes, yeah. that does seem like something that is mildly analogous. <laughs> it was a concern until they thought, oh my gosh, you could lose this election. Then it was not really a concern. Not as, not as much a concern. Eh, it's kind of, you know, but I mean, yeah. So, I mean, uh, those things are coming up and it's funny while this is all happening and supposedly that decision in Delaware, they're saying now is imminent. I don't know if that's actually true, but while that's happening, we still can barely get Hunter Biden. I don't think he's even admitted yet officially that the that the laptop is his. Right. Well, you know, he's not good at admitting things are his, including his daughter, 
Yes. Oh, hey. In Arkansas. Did you see the clip the other day where Joe Biden was like... Navy Joan. Where, yeah, Navy Navy Joan. Did you see the clip the other day where Joe Biden, somewhat creepily, I mean, not that that's surprising, was like, there's no such thing as someone else's children. They're all all of our children. And I had to quote tweet that one and say, except for Navy. Navy is definitely someone else's child. Not all children. I have I have to say so that's what I, I was following this and it's so he had to finally go so he's got issues in DC he's got issues in Delaware and he actually now had to go down to Arkansas. Right. He tried for the longest time to use everything within his legal power to prevent this from happening but I'm going to say props to judge Holly Meyer. Mhm. Uh, down in Arkansas for saying enough with this feet dragging and she wants both sides. She wants both sides to get their act together. And I have this quote from her. She says, I expect this case to get done. I will run herd on you, ladies nice. and gentlemen, until that happens. <laughs> so so for her. what's remarkable is that I, I don't know why not just ex- like take your lumps, man. There's a there was a paternity test, correct? So we know that Navy is his. Thank you, sweetie. Yes. That's the baby. He says hi. <laughs> Speaking, it's incontrovertible. It's DNA evidence. So it's not like there's a rumor about this. This is this is not like, you know, what, what's her name? Mia Farrow, Ronan Farrow, you're suggesting yes. that Frank Sinatra's his dad. Okay. Right, it's right. not that. Different this deal. Different deal. Yeah, yeah. Different deal. And and yet we, we can't get the president of the United States. Here's what's crazy. This it's now a fact. This little girl who's now four years old, right? Her grandfather is the president of the United States. Yes, and they not a step grandfather, not actively working in court. Yeah, to have to disassociate from her. This is what I don't understand. Her from having the name Biden. Right. Like, look, I get it. You have a you have a weird past and substance abuse problems, and like, I I get it. But as a part of that. You created this child. We know that the child is yours. The Biden family, as we know from many of their dealings, has a, has a cash flow. Okay, yeah. why why oh. doesn't he just quietly do the thing, pay her the money, not stop go like stop going to court to keep this woman from claiming that this baby is his? Like it just seems to bring more attention it, to yeah, it yeah. than and, otherwise. And, By the way, he is paying yeah. her twenty k. A month a reportedly month, which is, which is, in yeah. child support, but yeah. I but he's fighting it. He is because I, I think his argument is that you know his family may have money, but mm-hmm. he he himself doesn't anymore, okay. right? So he used to live he like he was living in the Hollywood Hills, mm-hmm. as you know. He was paying twelve thousand dollars a month in month in rent, and he drove around a Porsche Panamera, which is like a hundred thousand dollar car. Which supposedly now he says got repossessed. And the thing that's interesting is he has transferred everything of value now over to his lawyer, one of his super lawyers, Kevin Morris, right? Who is a Hollywood lawyer. Mm -hmm. And that includes assets in a Chinese private equity firm. Yeah, sure. So, you know, now he officially technically has nothing, but he does have enough to pay for not only Kevin Morris, but a bunch of super lawyers, including Abby Lowell. Mm-hmm. who I met once, and let me just say, eh, <laughs> at a party, at a conversation with him. And that by, the, by the way, this is not a son who is like not in the picture or estranged yeah. from his president father. And like his father is supporting his son through his substance abuse and lefties always sure. want to make this about you're attacking him for 
his substance abuse problem. I'm really not. I am no. interested in all these weird deals he was doing yeah. while he was pretty yeah, irresponsible just, in other ways, right? And right. various things could happen while he's having all these strange conversations and exchanges of money with people. So I'm interested in that. What's interesting to me is that while all of these things have circulated for years, mm-hmm. Hunter is traveling with the president. Oh, yes. It's not like he's not associated with this White House. There have been some rumors that at times he's lived in the White House. Under, oh, like, yes. And he's, living in the, he's living in the White House in order to avoid getting served papers. There you go. This is great. You're telling, I, I, I you're telling me if this is the Trumps, we wouldn't be interested in this? And then, yeah, tell me about it. And then, of course, yeah, as you were mentioning, tra- he's traveling with the president to Ireland and and says, you know, so poor, he couldn't afford his own. He had to sleep in a cot in his dad's room. Okay. Which, okay, first of all, you know, it's funny, cot. I'd like to see the cot. Are you telling me it's like an army cot? You know, you just fold it out and that's what he slept in? Really? With the president? In the president of the United States, he didn't have a big room hey, it's in better Ireland? Than the, better than the bar stool at the local pub, you know? Yes, at the, at the, local, at the local public house. And, here, but, and, and, and here's the thing, though. With that, you could see it one of two ways. One, which is, you know, give me a break. He doesn't have, you know, he's got to have somebody. He he could have gotten his own room. Somebody could have got him his own room. The idea that he had to share a room. And the other thing is, though, is Matt Cottonetti's theory is he had to share a room because the president couldn't be alone. And that would not surprise me. Yeah. That would so not surprise that's me. That's another way. The uh, cot thing, I like to see the cot, though. <laughs> I what is the picture of the cotton? This is cotton. Yeah. At minimum, a rollout, right? One of those rollers. Yeah, beds. we got a trundle okay, bed for sure. That. Trundle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's trundle okay. bed for Come Hunter. But don't All right. So those are the three things. So the paternity yeah. case down in Arkansas. We got the Delaware federal prosecutor going after, or the federal prosecutor in Delaware going after him about the taxes and the gun charges. And then we have this new allegation, which we will find out more about in the future. So there you have it getting hammered. Those are the three legal concerns at this moment. Okay. Well, everyone, we have come to that time in the history of a podcast that all podcasts must face at some point. And that is the day that you, through some technological snafu, lose part of a podcast. So here we are. It is our time to face this hardship and we will face it with courage. And so I'm here to do just a few minutes of wrap up so that we do not rob you of half a podcast. We'll keep it a little under half. 33% of a podcast, maybe? And we will not let me travel ever again. <laughs> Just kidding. We will figure it out. I didn't want to drag Vic back in here. You know, he has a family. He has things to do. Okay, guys? Uh, so it's just me. But I wanted to go over just just one more quick topic while we're here, I think. And that is just I wanted to do a little wrap-up on... Karine Jean-Pierre's week. Although now that I've lost part of a podcast, maybe my week is not comparing as favorably to hers as, as one would hope. And yet still, I think I think she's not doing as well. She, hi! The baby says, hey. He was in the last version of the podcast, too. So I'm, I'm going for verisimilitude for you guys. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, so here's Karine Jean-Pierre. A little background on this. She touted a statistic that illegal immigration is down more than 90%, which if you know anything about the border or illegal immigration during this 
administration, you will find that quite astounding. And by quite astounding, I mean not possible to be true. And so she was asked about this statistic, which seemed wildly incorrect. And here she is getting asked about it by Steve Ducey of Fox News. You said yesterday that when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down by more than 90 percent. Where did that number come from? It was, because I was CBP speaking. is telling us the number is I hear you. I'm about to answer. I'm about, I'm about to answer you. Year so if you, far. if you, if the dramatics could come down just a little bit. I, um, it, if the dramatics could come down a little what's bit. What's dramatic about asking a question about? Okay, I'm, I'm going to answer. So I was speaking to the parolee program. As you know, the president put in place a parolee program to deal with, uh, to deal with certain countries uh, on on ways that we can limit illegal migration. And we have seen the data has shown us that it has gone down by more than ninety percent. That was what I was speaking and to. to no, I'm. Really we're we're going to go. We're going to move. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. First of all, there weren't any dramatics. He's asking about a statistic that was clearly incorrect, and she's sort of post-answer, made up this rationalization for it. There is apparently some small program for some small period of time did bring down illegal immigration by something close to 90%. And she's sort of like, well, that's of course what I was talking about, which we of course all should have known when she said that illegal immigration was down 90%. No. First of all, I don't even think that's true, that she meant that. Second of all, if you want to clarify... You can clarify by telling the answer to this person whose job it is to ask you the question. And it's your job to provide the answer. And it doesn't need to be about his alleged dramatics, which I don't see in evidence here. Uh, she's got another doozy this week. And uh, this one is in line with Randy Weingarten's lies, which were then backed up by PolitiFact's lies while attempting to fact check everyone on Randy Weingarten mysteriously, they hadn't fact-checked Randy Weingarten in some 10 years, but they decided to pay attention to her again after Republicans pounced on her obvious lies. So they sort of backed her up, and now we have Karina Jean-Pierre backing her up as well. Look, as you just said, kids have lost so much in the pandemic. This is why when the president walked in, he made that, he made a priority uh, to open schools. Uh, one of the things that was important to do to make sure that the, our kids who have lost so much were able to go back in person school if they choose, have the resources that they needed uh, that to, to really succeed and move forward uh, in their education. And we saw that unfortunately, the pandemic had a, uh, a unfortunate effect on our young on our young people, on our kids. I will talk about this for my entire life because it must be pointed out. Randy Weingarten and her local partners at various school districts, mysteriously only liberal areas, didn't go back to school, couldn't get it together, go back to school. Only the public schools in those areas, politically aligned with Randy Weingarten and Democrats, couldn't get kids back to school. But somehow Biden saved us. Here's what happened. Randy Weingarten and the union allies did their best to intimidate and smear anybody on a local level who was pushing to go back to school. Randy Weingarten then officially would say, you know, we totally want to open schools. The problem is that we just need unicorn hair from the main of a Mordor-dwelling unicorn. Look, I'm mixing my mythical universes, and it's fine. Because the point is the thing doesn't exist that she wanted in order to go back to school. 
She was setting the bar so high as to be impossible on purpose. Media and her allies in democratic politics and on school boards knew that it was impossible, but sort of recast this as like, obviously she wanted to get back to school. So they hold off as long as they can until parents are losing their minds. And they have kept children out of schools in major metro areas of this country for more than a year. And then finally, Biden's like, hey, this is probably going to hurt me a little bit, guys. So I'm going to swoop in and tell my political allies, hey, it's time to, we can open the schools. Now, suddenly it's safe. Suddenly it's safe. So then I can get credit for opening them and we can say we open them back up, blah, 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 blah. This is all orchestrated by them. It's all nonsense when they tell you they wanted to go back to school. So don't let them fool you, whether it's PolitiFact or KJP or the president himself or all these people making excuses for him. They were the ones in charge uh, of keeping these things certain. They were, they were the tip of the spear on keeping the schools closed. That doesn't mean other people didn't make mistakes. But these guys are weaving you a tale. And yes, Corinne Jean-Pierre is correct that the results were really bad for American students. Can we talk about how bad? Because we have some new information. You'll remember last year that we got the NAEP, which is the National Assessment of Educational Progress, standardized testing on math, and those scores looked really bad. Okay, well, now we've got history. U.S. history scores among the nation's eighth graders plummeted in 2022. New assessment results known as the nation's report card show. History scores, which are the lowest ever recorded since the assessment began in 1994, plus civic scores, seeing their first ever decline underscore the pandemic's prolonged effects on students. When they say pandemic, they mean school closures because it wasn't all the pandemic as other schools that opened show. But I repeat myself. History scores on the NAEP assessment have been trending down since 2014, but the pandemic, I need that word again, from Secretary Miguel Cardona of the Education Department, had a profound impact on student learning, as did the, the closings that I just referenced. Uh, the results of the National Assessment of Educational Progress released Wednesday show that about 40% of eighth graders scored below the basic level in history in 2022 compared to 34% in 2018. Just 13% of students performed at or above proficient in U.S. history. And might this have something to do with how we teach history in addition to the lost year, year and a half that many metro areas experienced and millions of children experienced as a result? I feel like it could. We have a friend of mine linked this from a Forbes story 2020 RAND study of civics teachers, just 43% thought it was essential for graduates to know about periods such as the Civil War and the Cold War. Those seem like pretty basic ones to me. Less than two-thirds thought it was essential for grads to know protections guaranteed by the Bill of Rights. So I don't know. Even if they were in school, would they have been learning civics? I can't tell you. I cannot tell you. And with that, somewhat disappointing note. I apologize. I shall close this podcast because I have had to turn off my phone and turn it back on again three times to record this because I think even though I'm a strict monotheist that the podcast gods have decided that they don't want me to record competently today. And perhaps it's because I'm a monotheist and I have offended them in some way because I do not ascribe to that particular audio mythology at any rate, that's not changing. So let's hope that when I'm back in town, things will go smoothly. But I wanted to do my best to get you guys a, 
a little extra on this show. Thank you for being with us. We'll be... <laughs> That's my baby again. <laughs> We're a circus today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for getting hammered responsibly. I'm at MK Hammer. He's Victorino Mattis, if you want to tweet us. Um, and this has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. You want to say anything, kiddo? He's good. And I'm out.